Welcome to the Physician's Financial Checkup Podcast, where we discuss the financial challenges and opportunities facing medical professionals. In this podcast, we'll discuss a variety of financial topics that are important to physicians, such as retirement planning, investing, and estate planning. We'll also interview experts in the financial services industry to get their insights on these topics. If you're a physician or a spouse of a physician, I encourage you to listen to this podcast. We will provide you with the information you need to make sound financial decisions and achieve your financial goals. Here's your host, Brent Bowden, a financial coach and certified financial planning advisor with over 15 years of experience helping medical professionals achieve their financial goals. To learn more about Brent Bowden and his services, visit brentbowden.com. Welcome to the Physician's Financial Checkup Podcast. This is the final week of our four-week series talking about different types of traditional investment choices, um, along with what to know about investment risk. So certainly this series has not covered everything. Uh, We're definitely going to follow up with some episodes, specifically uh, non-qualified or brokerage accounts and some of the taxable uh, things you should know about that. But let's jump into today's topic where we're going to cover uh, some overview of some of the important considerations that you need to know on your investing journey, um, including some of your investments, how to diversify portfolio, risk and return, some of the things that you need to know when the market's going up or going down, um, and how to safeguard your financial future for retirement. So the first thing I want to discuss is uh, diversifying your portfolio. One of the best ways to protect your investments long-term, regardless of what type of investment that might be, is to diversify your portfolio. So whether that is in different asset classes or sectors, um, whether it's stock equities, bond choices, treasuries, real estate, um, hedge funds, or, or other types. By diversifying your portfolio and having several different risk classes, uh, rather than just picking one specific, say, large cap equity, uh, which are large company stock portfolios um, that may perform poorly in a given year or or great in another year, allows you to diversify both the outcome as well as your investments across several different choices. So if you only invest in, uh, say, stock equities, and we have a 2008 or uh, early 2020 situation where everything kind of crashes for a reason unknown to you uh, and really outside of your control, then your entire portfolio could be affected for for years to come. However, by diversifying your portfolio, you may be able to offset some of those losses uh, with some gains in other sectors or at least flat returns uh, and be able to withstand the the long-term effects of one bad year. So one way I always like to illustrate this to people is um, Callan Institute puts out what's called a periodic table of investment returns. Generally, it looks back about 20 years of multiple investment sectors, usually nine, 10 sectors. Um, And in the past 20 years, so looking back, so 2003 to 2022, no single sector that they track has performed in the top spot just two years in a row. So let's just look at a quick example of that. in 2021 and 2022, for example, 21 large cap equities outperformed all other sectors that they have uh, on this 
uh, table with a 21 or excuse me a 28.71% return. However, in 2022, it had a negative 18.11% loss. When we look at cash equivalents, which was the highest performer in 2022 at a 1.46%, obviously interest rates were rising. Um, you know, so it certainly helped that perform while a lot of things uh, with the market were not performing well. In 2021, that cash equivalence category had a mere 0.05% return and was in the middle to bottom half of performers. So if you had all of your assets in one of those two categories, you either had a great year or a bad year or a mixture. So by diversifying out uh, that portfolio, and we'll talk at the end of the episode today a little bit more about how you choose your risk and return uh, capabilities. By, by diversifying that into different asset classes or sub-asset classes, um, and we'll talk about a few of those here in a minute, you allow yourself to get exposure to different industry sectors, and that can help uh, potentially even different countries or regions of the, the world can help you to withstand the volatility in a given year. And hopefully perform for your retirement accounts over a long term. So I'm going to go over just a few of the kind of top categories you may hear uh, for marketable investment choices. Now, these are going to be ones within a portfolio. Certainly, there are a number of outside investment choices outside of the stock market that you can look at, um, whether that's real estate, uh, you know, individual small business uh, ventures, you can look at uh, private capital and things like that. We're just going to talk about a few of the ones that tend to make the list that everybody kind of talks about or invests in. A lot of these are also ones that you're going to see either in a uh, 401k or IRA capability. So we'll go over just a few of those and, and what you need to know. First of all, let's talk about stocks. So stocks or uh, equities represents equity ownership in a company. You may, for example, have Apple stock. If you own Apple stock, you technically own part of the company. Now, because of the number of shares, it's probably a relatively small part. But when you buy this stock, you're essentially buying a piece of the company. And you get to participate both in the performance and underperformance of that company. And so in a short-term period of time, buying a particular equity ownership via a stock may be up or down. But historically, a market as a whole, stock ownership has represented a, uh, an upward trend over time. Now, on the flip side of that, you can also own bonds, which are basically loans that you give to a company. So Apple bonds, for instance, is actually a loan that you're giving to Apple to expand production uh, or any other number of things, and they pay you a particular coupon or an interest rate back on that bond. Now, there's also government bonds, uh, there's you know, high quality and low quality bonds, and a number of different uh, ratings agencies that can tell you whether they feel like that bond has the potential to get paid back or not. But at the simplest part, bonds are really loans that you're making to that company. They tend to be less volatile than stocks, although that hasn't necessarily been the same. They do give you a buffer, at least, and some downside protection a lot of times. Uh, and you know, they're not going to get as high returns as equity ownership in a company will do, but they also typically don't have as, as low of lows as that equity ownership can represent. So bonds are 
historically a really good place uh, to have some buffer or mitigation of your uh, ups and downs within your portfolio. Now, some other alternative types of classes, uh, things that honestly you, you can get into within your normal portfolio that we tend to see clients look at are real estate. Uh, and there's a number of subsectors in, in real estate, whether you're looking at uh, home housing market or if you're looking at office space or corporate or um, retail space. But real estate can be a good way to hedge against inflation uh, and kind of provide a, a pretty steady income, similar to a bond, uh, as long as there's kind of rents that they're, they're passing through. You can do that in real estate investment trusts. Uh, there are some index funds and mutual funds that also incorporate real estate as well as private equity and things like that. Uh, commodities might be another area you want to look at uh, where commodities look at raw materials. So whether that's oil, gold, wheat, commodities may be a good way to diversify your portfolio. Um, they can be volatile from a total value perspective, but they also tend to, to go a different direction than the normal stock market. So can offset some, some gains or losses potentially using commodities. Then there's alternative investment choices. Uh, alternative investments is a pretty broad category um, and includes things like hedge funds, private equity, venture capital. Um, a lot of alternative investments historically have been pretty high to get into. Um, either need a high minimum or may have some high costs, but those have been coming down in years and there are, are some alternative ways to get in those, even using uh, some fund choices that are available now. Those tend to be a little bit more risky. Sometimes uh, hedge funds or private equity try to, to swing for those doubles, triples, and home runs rather than uh, just our you know, single uh, type of returns. So just be aware of exactly what type of alternative investments you're getting into. Some of those are great diversifiers of portfolios, though. So I wanted to talk about them briefly. And then cash and cash equivalents is one we'll see quite a bit. Uh, those are very liquid money market accounts or uh, treasury certificate of deposits, basically great ways to keep money safe. You're not gonna get much return. Typically, you're not gonna have a whole lot of down years uh, within the cash or cash equivalents, but does allow for a little bit of uh, side money for opportunities to invest, or if you're just looking to keep a little bit of the, the bucket of money safe. Now, within some of these broad categories that you'll see, uh, the news talk about and things um, that pop up quite a bit. There are broad general choices of investments. So you may be able to find uh, an exchange traded fund or an index fund that's going to track the NASDAQ or the Dow or the S&P 500, which is collections of companies within those situations uh, or in those markets. But there are also subsectors that go deeper into particular categories of investing. So you may be able to find uh, an ETF that tracks, for instance, technology or healthcare or financial services. And you can oftentimes find uh, investment options that go into some of those subsectors. Uh, so if you're wanting to diversify even further and get a little bit more granular with your choices, there are ways to do that as well. Uh, as we've talked before, some of those ETFs or index funds may have lower investment costs, uh, lower minimums to enter than what we would see in hedge funds or private equity. But certainly, you want to be aware of uh, your risk and return, which we'll, we'll go over at the end. And as your wealth continues to grow, as your 
saving away, uh, making your contributions, putting away more uh, funds, whether it's for retirement or future purposes. Your tax considerations, uh, your purpose of risk, and keeping your goals and long-term needs in mind uh, get more specific. And you may want to involve a financial advisor or a tax advisor to help you plan some of the investment choices that you make and how those fit your needs, your goals, uh, your current tax situation and future tax situation, um, and your risk tolerance appropriately. So let's talk a little bit about what that risk tolerance means. So when you consider your risk and return, uh, those are two of the most important concepts to understand anytime that you're going to make an investment, whether it be uh, into the stock market or uh, outside investment choices that you may have opportunities with. So risk is the possibility of losing money on an investment. Uh, there are a number of different types of risks, some that are controllable, some that are not. And knowing which ones you may or may not be able to control within a particular investment is a good education on the front end, just to know what you're getting yourself into. Return on the other side is the potential gain that you might make for taking on that risk in an investment. Oftentimes, the higher the risk, the higher for potential return. However, there's never any guarantee that investments will make money, even if they're considered low risk. Uh, you know, for the last kind of 10 years after the Great Recession, uh, interest rates were super low. And so cash values were super low. So those cash and cash equivalents really didn't make, you know, little to no money, uh, even though they were low risk. Now, as you carefully consider your risk tolerance and investment goals, anytime you're making those investment decisions, there's certain people who will be more risk averse may want to be in lower risk uh, asset classes. Those tend to be things like bonds or money market funds. Um, and there may be ones who are willing to take on a higher risk for that higher return potential uh, that may include stocks, real estate, or alternative investments. A few things that I always like to talk about when we're talking about risk and return is one that we've already mentioned. There's nothing as a risk-free investment. No such thing. So even though low risk investments, such as bonds, those can still lose money. Uh, and so understanding what the risks are, even if you're a low risk uh, investor, you want to know what that looks like going into it. Now, if you're swinging for the fences and trying to get those high risks, just understand that you may do well uh, for a few years, but at some point those tend to, to drop as well and are going to have risk that may have a, a larger decline. So understanding exactly what that looks like uh, in your personal financial situation, you may be able to withstand that and that's okay. Uh, but just understanding exactly how that could affect you. Now, your risk tolerance also should be uh, considered based on what your financial goals are. What is your time horizon? The longer time you have on your side, the more you might be able to be a little riskier for that long-term horizon uh, and, and go for a longer shot or a higher risk investment. If you have a shorter time horizon that you need to access those funds, taking lower risk is probably a good idea. So just knowing what you're saving for what the, or those goals um, can help you decide exactly how much risk you're willing to take on. As we talked about already, diversification is a huge factor in managing risk. So 
investing in a variety of investment choices across several sectors so that you're not diversified in or uh, not diversified in a single asset class that may perform poorly. It's going to help you over the time uh, to level out those returns. And then finally, uh, rebalancing your portfolio. So regularly taking a look at how your investments have performed, uh, make sure they're kind of all within the desired risk that you're wanting to take on and nothing has grown exponentially and left others behind so that uh, if that is the next thing to underperform, it doesn't pull your whole portfolio down with you. Uh, at least on an annual basis, I would say rebalancing is a good idea. Sometimes depending upon your uh, level of sophistication, you may want to do that more often. So just remember anytime you're looking at risk uh, versus return, there's going to be ups and downs along the way. In order to achieve your financial goals though, um, there's a few things that we certainly uh, want to try to control. Not that you can control these always, but rebalancing being one of those, uh, making sure that you are looking at the short-term needs, the mid-term and the long-term needs, uh, and having an appropriate portfolio and vehicle to be able to get those investments to the finish line. But even more so is controlling your emotions. Um, so we've talked a little bit about behavioral investing and anytime that the market's going to take a downturn, it can be tempting to, to look at selling your investments. However, if your investments have already dropped, uh, that may be the worst thing that you can do. You may be selling those investments when they're down. And then if you don't time the market correctly, which nobody really ever does, then you're locking in some of those losses and may not be able to buy back the correct investment choices before they skyrocket or go back up. So for the general investor, staying with the storm and riding it out, staying calm through that, or having somebody that you can talk to at least about your concerns uh, often will help to allow your portfolio to recover when the market does uh, so that you don't miss out on those down days and up days. Uh, just by affecting a few of those days can really change the trajectory of a portfolio considerably. And so that's one of the things that we look at as financial advisors is that we talk our clients through the potential upside and downside risk that they're willing to take on um, in, within their portfolio. One last thing I want to mention uh, in any investment that you're choosing, make sure that you have the appropriate beneficiary designation chosen. And so whether that's an insurance policy or retirement account, uh, individual retirements, Roth IRAs, non um, qualified brokerage accounts or bank accounts. Make sure that it specify who will receive those benefits with you die. Um, it can also be done through uh, a will, but a lot of times beneficiary designations on a lot of those accounts can help should something occur uh, where you're not prepared. Again, thank you for staying tuned with us for this four week investment series. There'll be a lot more of that to come in the future, um, but I'll leave you with understanding your risk and return and in investments and how you can choose the right type of investment and investment vehicle for your contributions can really help you to set the stage for the proper retirement that you want to have and on your journey to your financial future. If you've got any questions, uh, 
about this series, certainly leave a comment below or reach out. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Physician Financial Checkup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. You can also find more information on brentbowden.com. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as financial advice. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of any other individual or organization. You should carefully consider your investment objectives, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment decisions. If you are seeking financial advice, you should consult with a qualified financial advisor who can assess your individual circumstances and needs.